You're listening to Excellence Above Talent, a podcast where we have the hard conversations about the lives of men and what leads us to achieve greatness and suffer defeat. Hear from other men's journeys as well, as we all learn and grow together to become inspirations to ourselves and those around us. And now your host, Aaron Thomas. excellence above talent. It's been a while, but I'm glad I'm back, starting this back up, doing it weekly again. I had to reset, and there's nothing wrong with resetting. There was a lot going on in my life, a little overwhelmed, and I felt like I was trying to do too much, and I had to take a step back from some things and reassess where my life was going and what it is that I want to do, and now that I've done that, Uh, I can come back to this podcast and give it what I can, which is my all. One thing that uh, I was dealing with was the effect that other people had on me. I am, by nature, a people pleaser. I want people to like me. I want to have friends. I don't want enemies. I don't want people judging me. I don't want people making fun of me. I want people to like me. And I, I also kind of just want to stay out, stay out of the radar. I don't want to be in the limelight. I don't want to be in, in front of things. And I was struggling not only with this podcast, but also in life because I'm going through some things. I was going through a divorce and I was talking to my audience, you, you guys out there about certain things, but then I started to feel insecure about can I really talk about these things if I have done them or there are some things that I'm still, you know, fighting through and going through. And I, to me, I feel like it's the best. The best time to talk about it is when you're going through it. The best time to talk about it is when you have just gone through it and you don't know where to turn or who to talk to. Find someone, find an outlet. If a podcast is an outlet, find that, find something that you can do to release whatever it is that you're trying to release. Because if you don't, it it gets stored up. And at some point you will explode because you're human. And that's just what humans do. So I didn't explode because in this process of taking a break, I really focused on my relationship with God. I focused on myself. I tried to call out all the excuses I was making in my life as to where my life is, and I started looking at where my life is going. A lot of times, you don't like where your life is at. But instead of sitting in that pocket or in that place, complaining and crying and moaning and growing and trying to blame someone for why you're there, start looking at where you're going. Start looking at what you're doing in order to get to where you're going. So working out, eating right, volunteering more, reading my Bible, trying to create an atmosphere around me where it's positive and productive and it's not cruel or competitive or, you know, judgmental and jealousy and all that, all that crap. So I was, I'm able to, and I'm still learning, to take myself out of situations that are 
not conducive to my growth. So I felt some type of way because I was going back to my old ways of people pleasing, being afraid to be who I am because people around me might not like the energy that I bring into the room. So I shrink and I cower and I hide behind this half of a person, which is me, in order to fit in, in order to not be called out. Well, I'm here to tell you and anyone else that wants to be judgmental, that wants to call me out, waste your energy and keep wasting your energy because I'm on a mission and it's not even about me. People are going to try to make it about me, but it's not even about me. This next generation of young boys needs to hear what it takes to be a real man, what it takes to be a high value man. I am in the process of learning what that is, but I can help and take some of these young boys along on this journey. Hell, even some men on this journey, because there are still some men who, are, who act like little boys. So it's not something that is just crazy, but I'm on a mission. And it's not to please you or anyone in my circle. It's to make sure I'm doing my part to leave and make an impact on this world. I got caught up in the negativity and the people watching and the complaining and the blaming. And it drains all of your energy. It drains your creativity. It drains who you are as a person. And so you stop doing the things that you love or you stop doing the things that you need to do. Because your energy is shifted towards things that aren't going to help you grow. And what helped me get out of this situation or what helped me get out of this, this negativity that I feeling myself go down was looking back to where I have been, being present in where I'm at and getting excited about where I am going. So when I was 19, I joined the Army. Basic training. And in basic training... They gave you a list of like the destination places you want to go. I put Hawaii. I put Germany. I put something else exotic, maybe like South Korea. After basic training, they give you your duty stations. And I was one of two soldiers that was sent to Iraq, essentially out of basic training. And everyone else went to Germany. So 19, knowing that I'm, I'm about to go to war. This is in 2005, so we would, the war had just started, so there was no if, ands, or buts. I was, if, ands, or buts, I was going to war. And I also had a combat MOS, combat MOS, uh, which was uh, 19 Delta, Cavalry Scout. So light infantry was my job. I got sent to Fort Hood for a couple of months, maybe a month, month and a half, and then they shipped me off with my unit. Bravo Troop 110 Cav, ready and forward. Hoorah. They sent us to Alhilla. We stayed in Kuwait for a week, getting prepared, getting ready. Backtrack. My platoon sergeant, I guess, felt so bad for me that on the plane ride to Iraq, he gave, me, he gave up his seat in first class, and he went and sat with, the, with his platoon. And I was in first class, like, you know, Hell, this is pretty good. Seat back, watching the movie, hanging with the captains and stuff, not knowing what I was going to get myself into. He knew. That's why he was like, I'm, I'm going to let him live for a little bit. Let, let him feel good about himself before he really gets put into essentially hell on earth. 
All right, so we go to Kuwait. We stay there for about a week. We're going to have, and then we go to, we drive to uh, Al-Hila. Mind you, I barely started driving maybe six months before I joined the Army. And now I'm in a big-ass Humvee flying down the road at night trying to get to our, our destination. The first night we get to our destination, we're asleep. And one of the sergeants walk in our room. Wakes us up, says, get up, get your ass out here. Y'all want to hear what war sounds like? Come hear what war sounds like. And in my head, I'm like, I don't want to hear anything. I want to sleep. We walk outside, and there's gunfire and bombs going all o- off all over the place. This is the first night. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, I'm probably not going to make it out. Like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to die here. <laughs> that was just my first initial you know, thought, like, if these dudes are at our gate firing and shooting at us, like, they don't give a damn about their life. And we just got here. So, Al Hilla was not crazy. It was a chill place. Uh, I'm lying. It wasn't, it's not, it's not chill when you're at war. But the place we went to next was, like, crazy. So, Al Hilla, compared to Baghdad or Fallujah, wasn't too bad. That people still died and people still got hurt and people still got blown up, but it wasn't at the rate. It was a few people, which still sucks. Like, I'm not saying it doesn't. It still sucks. And then six months later, we went to Baghdad. And that's kind of whenever the poop hit the fan. Like, these dudes were putting IEDs outside the gate. Like, they, they just didn't care about anything. And I'm telling you this because this is what I realize I've been through. So why am I going to allow people and circumstances and things that I cannot control affect me in a negative way, right? So this is, I'm trying to put it together. So in Baghdad, crazy. We went out on missions, damn near every day. I have never seen or heard men screaming and crying, begging for their lives, getting blown up, getting shot, dying. You can never be prepared for anything like that, like never. And I was 19 going on 20, never been out of Odessa, never been on a plane, never really traveled, never really seen what life could really do to a person. And they can't ever prep you into getting into that mindset until you have, until you see it for yourself. And when you see it for yourself, you have a choice of just wanting to give up and saying, forget it pushing it in the back of your head and like, hey, this is just what we're here. Nothing I can do about it. And I think a lot of soldiers, that's the route that we went. We pushed it behind our heads and was like, hey, this is what it is. Like we signed up for it. This is war. But again, you never can be mentally prepared for the scream, hearing a grown man scream in sheer terror because he knows he's going to die or he could potentially die. Hearing grown man moan from a gunshot wound, seeing blood, seeing Humvees getting flipped 10 feet in the air, upside down, being shot at by your own platoon, almost getting blown up, feeling the blast of a IED while driving, blacking out, waking up, seeing stars, but you're doing what you were trained to do, which is get out of the kill zone, foot on the gas, trying to get 100 meters out, and then we've got to th- got to go try to find that dude that just tried to blow us up. At 1920, I experienced this. 
I experienced what life could be if humans are allowed to their own vices without rules or regulations. I've seen evil. I have felt evil. And I wasn't ready for it. Again, 19 and 20. I was able to come back. And you better believe I was all about Jesus over there. God bless me to get back. If, if you bless me to get back, I'm going to serve you. And then he blessed me to get back. And I was like, all right, I'm out. I appreciate you. That's another story for another day. So I was thinking about that while in this funk in my life. And I'm looking around and I'm grateful. I'm not at war. People aren't trying to blow me up or shoot me or capture me so they can torture me and cut my head off. I'm at war mentally with myself, but I'm not at war. And that's something to be thankful for and grateful for. And it's also something to take into effect. If I can go through that, come out crazy, (laughs) come out crazy, but I still came out and I'm able to make a life for myself or at least try because I am not perfect. But what you would never see me do is stop trying. What you would never see me do is give up. I will try. People have given up on me in my life and it's hurtful. And I know how it feels when someone gives up on you. Giving up on yourself is the ultimate betrayal. I've tried when I tried to commit suicide. I tried to give up on myself. But knowing that I have gone through hell and made it back alive, I can get through a divorce. I can get through the pain and hurt and frustration that comes from a divorce. I can continue to try to figure out who I am as a man, and as a person in this process of getting a divorce. And so now I'm divorced, but I started looking around, caring about how people viewed me or how I was looked at in this community, in my community. And there's a lot of people around me that wear masks. They hide how they really feel. And you know that they're hiding how they really feel. And they might not be ready to have that conversation. And you can't force anyone to have that conversation. But those people have the nerve to look and judge and talk and laugh about you when they themselves don't even know who they are as a person. And that affected me. That made me feel some type of way. And I began to fight back and push back and puff up and show people that I'm not what you think I am. And the sad part is those people don't give a damn about you and how you feel. And they don't care if you work to fix yourself or not. They don't care if you get back with that person or not. Their only care is that they get to think and talk about you so that they don't get to focus on their lives and what they need to do. And so here I am trying to prove to people who don't give a damn about me that I'm not this bad guy that you assume I am, that I'm just human and I've made mistakes and I'm trying to correct the mistakes I've made. I allowed them to affect me in a negative way. I started caring about how they looked at me and then making assumptions that they were looking at me in a way that they were talking about me. I essentially made myself way too freaking important. I made myself 
way too important. And because I was trying to make myself important, I felt like I needed to act and be and do certain things, which only kills my creativity. It kills my positive energy and it makes me want to not do anything. Because why would you want to do something if you're struggling and you know that people are laughing at you? You know that people are making fun of you. You know that people don't have the best intentions for you and they're judging you. Why would you want to go out there and, and do something? Why would you want to go out there and put your life or your, your business or what you're trying to do to help the community out there? Why would you? And who, who would help you? These are all the negative things I was telling myself. But I had to go back to that time when I was 19 and 20 in Iraq and I went through hell. And I came back stronger, crazier, but stronger and better for it. And I had to flip that switch. This isn't a bad thing that I'm going through. It sucks. I wouldn't want to put it on anyone that I love or don't even love. I just wouldn't want to put this on anybody, the, the sting and the pain of divorce. But it's not the end of my life. It's something just like in Iraq. What I have to do now, I have to go through it. I have to figure it out. I have to be, be, I have to become stronger because of it. I can't run from it. You couldn't run in Iraq. Well, if you did, we all saw you. And if we all saw you, we knew what you were about. And that just wasn't, that's not what we want as men. We didn't want to run. I mean, we did, but the men around us wasn't running. They were fighting. So we just knew, man, you know what? If they're willing to fight and die for me, I'm going to stay, I'm going to stay here and fight and die for them. And what I essentially did was I flipped it. I'm going to stay here, fight and die for myself because there's no, not anyone else in this world that's going to do it but me. And so I stopped caring. I really did. I really do. Like I still have insecurities. I still have like, oh man, like, but then I also snap out of it. Hey bro, you're not that important. Ain't nobody thinking about you like that. They got their own life to live. You're simply not that important. And you're trying to make yourself important. You're trying to put yourself in people's lives. And even if they are thinking about doing this in a negative way, they're wasting their energy, not you. You're not that important. You will make it through. No matter the pain, no matter the struggles, no matter the hurt, you will make it through. And I had to keep telling myself that for me to understand that, hey, these feelings, these emotions, this fear, I felt it before and I was able to harness it and push through. And so now that's what I'm doing. I'm harnessing the pain, the trauma, the fear, the doubt, and I'm standing up each and every freaking day and I'm encapsulating all of that pain and fear and trauma and hurt with courage. I take a deep breath and I move forward knowing that people will talk. I take a deep breath. And move forward knowing that I have issues and addictions that I'm still struggling with to this day. I take a breath and I move forward knowing that I cannot quit. I take a breath and I move forward knowing that there are young eyes looking at me saying, what are you going to do in this situation that you created for yourself? What are you going to do? I take a breath. And I move forward, head held high, shoulders held back. And anytime I get discouraged, 
or lost, I look up. I look up because I know that when I was in Iraq and I was scared and I didn't think I was going to make it home, I looked up and I asked God, please help me. And so now in this new chapter of my life, I look up and I ask God to please help me because if he did it for me once, he'll do it for me again and he'll do it for me again a thousand times because he loves me and because I am taking a deep breath, moving forward and looking up. I think that is why in the Bible, God said David was a man after his own heart and David did some things. I like David. I like David. Me and David would have been cool. We, we'd, have been, we'd have been out there cutting up for show. But every time I read the, the chapters that David is in, he's taking a deep breath. He's taking a step forward. He's being courageous. And he's asking God for help while still doing crazy things because he knows where his help comes from. He knows where he needs to be. And in his life, you will struggle. We all will struggle with something. When we die, we're going to die struggling with something. No one gets a pass. So don't allow people to make you feel that you have to be perfect in this world. No one gets a pass. You're going to struggle. You're going to have addictions. And one addiction isn't worse than the other. It's an addiction. What addictions do is they kill. If you're a workaholic, you can die from being a workaholic. If you're a foodie, you can die from just eating all, all kinds of crazy food. Alcoholic, a druggie. Like, these addictions can kill you, but we're looking around like, oh, at least I'm not doing that. Yeah, but you're still fucking, I mean, you're still freaking dying. Y'all forgive me, I'm a cussing Christian. I'm, I'm still trying. People will judge me for that too. Well, you can't do that. You're going to go to hell. Well, hell, I'll probably see you there too since you've been all judgmental. But it's, it's a thing. It happens. But what David didn't do is give up, stop, and quit. And so what I am not going to do is give up, stop, and quit. I'll take a deep breath. I'll take a step forward. I will look up, and I will keep moving. Because I know if I could endure outlast and survive being shot at being blown up i can survive a divorce people talking about me and i think they are hell they probably ain't people laughing people hoping i fell i can survive that too and guess what i am and also guess what don't try me because i do not care the lord is still with me but there's a song for one of my favorite rappers his name is toby I can't say his last name, so I ain't going to try. But what he said was, try Jesus, not me, because I'll throw these hands physically and also mentally. Try Jesus. He's good for it. So if anyone hasn't told you today they love you, let me be the first to say I love you. You're awesome. You're amazing. You deserve the best that this world has to offer. Do not give up. Do not quit. The world does not get easier. But you will get stronger. Y'all have a fantastic weekend. Go out there and do something different this weekend that you don't normally do. And I guarantee you, your body, your mind, your spirit will thank you for it. Y'all have a blessed weekend. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. 
And for daily motivational and up-to-date content, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Excellence Above Talent. And remember, keep moving forward, never give up, and you are never alone in this battle. We'll see you next time.